Yes, thank you, Mark. And also wanted to mention, if, for those of you who can't afford to support us through payments, you can also come down here to the station, 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way in Berkeley, and volunteer in the phone room. We've got food, snacks, coffee, tea, things to keep you a uh, good conversation with folks around the station and a uh, way to pitch in here at KPFA. So come on down, 1929 Martin Luther King. Stay tuned. It's 3.30. You're listening to KPFA 94.1. Stay tuned for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and today is August the 3rd, 2004, and we've got more presents for you. I hope you guys will call in and subscribe to KPFA. We can give you a $60 membership and a premium. There's a book that I got this week called She's So Funny, 1,768 of the Best Jokes from Women Comedians, edited by Judy Brown. And Judy Brown has jumped off a plane in San Francisco. I don't know how she did it, but she got off the plane at 2 o'clock, and she just walked in the door. (laughs) 2.30. 2.30, Judy. That's incredible. Now, this is what we call dedication. I don't know how you did it, dear, but I I do thank you. This is a, uh, a, what I would call... uh, Let's call it a, a reference book. I was just thinking, you know. A reference book for funny women and the witty things and smart things, they say. Teachers, yes, will love this thing. I I, I don't know. I was going to ask you all kinds of philosophical questions about women and humor, you know, and then I thought that gets a little heavy. Uh, what was it? The great Juna Barnes, when I was young, she, she I remember reading, she said, any woman with a sense of humor is a lost woman. <laughs> and I thought, that's the feminine mystique, you know. What is it? Somebody said, the only thing men won't put up with is being laughed at. <laughs> well, there's a quote in my book, and I, and I wish I could uh, give you the comedian off the top of my head, but she says, men say that uh, what they want in a woman is a sense of humor, <laughs> but what they really want is a woman to laugh at their jokes, at their while, jokes. while her breasts jiggle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, indeed. I... I, I'm not sure, um, my mother always said, you know, the, the essential thing in relationships, you know, he makes me laugh. And I, I think it is true, though, the fear of woman's laughter is a serious issue. Uh, you know, but I found men where I was the entertainment. 
And they were just totally charmed to be able to. And, you know, most of the women comedians I know, too, are happily married. They're in good, long relationships. Rita Rudner's husband, uh, she and her husband begin together, oh, God, 20 years now. Despite this joke of hers, she says, I love being married. It's so great that, to find that one special person you want to annoy for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's see. Looky, look, I painted my nails orange to match the color of today's terrorist warning. Uh huh. <laughs> if God meant us to be naked, he would have made our skin fit better. No, I, I also, last night I think about four o'clock, I was having one of my dark night of the soul moments, and I got up and I started laughing at some of the stuff in this book, and I have to tell you, it was some of the, the grosser jokes, and I thought, <laughs> what is it with me that, you know, that I want women to have a more refined wit or something, you know? I guess I want them all to be Dorothy Parker, but I came across one, and I thought, do we do this on the air? It's uh, the one about, you know, um, in some Muslim and African countries, men um, cut off the clitoris, whereas in Western countries, they just can't find it. Yeah. And I thought <laughs> That's my... never going to happen because they can't find it in America. I'm going to say, yeah, I thought, you know, <laughs> is that too far over the edge? And I, I'm not sure... Considering, considering what the edge is these days, yeah. you know? Yeah, taste in jokes is a pretty hard issue. For me, the last iconoclast that really broke it open was Roseanne Barr. And before we went on the air, you were telling me that you've interviewed Roseanne and talked to her a lot. And I want to figure out At the length, secret. She loves to talk. Mm -hmm. She just loves to talk. And she's a little crazy, so it's a lot of fun talking to her. That's what they, <laughs> yeah, they say. She's, she's pretty mad. And I think, what was it? She had several, what was it an automobile accident? couple yeah. things like that, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I I find her to be, what do you call that, um, not just a warrior, but a, a kind of saint. She, um, you know, she gets so much bad press. There's a an issue of Ms. Magazine, uh, one of the, um, oh, no, it's a New Yorker. New Yorker, it's a, a woman's issue, oh, several years ago. And they let her do the editing, some of the editing at the New Yorker. And that's where the class thing Came oh up, yeah, you know the New Yorker people. Yeah, because she's real blue collar. Mm. But you know she has uh, that that kind of blue collar feminist sensibility. For instance, I love what she has to say about PMS. Women complain about premenstrual syndrome, but I think of it as the only time of the month I can be myself. <laughs> yes, I marked that one. Yes, you know <laughs> the real me. I used to say, you know, I'm a PMS terrorist, but I've stopped saying that since <laughs> recent years. You know, a young woman said to me once years ago. She said, "What do I do with my anger, Jennifer?" And I said, "Have you tried international terrorism?" <laughs> that was a few months before the, you know, that that event. I don't know why we thought it was. Funny for so many years. Uh, no, I, I think what I like about this book is that there's so many women that I don't know them all. There's the, you know, the significant elders like Lily Tomlin. I consider the mother of us all. Uh, I saw her getting the Mark Twain Award the other night, and I just, you know, my breast swelled with pride. I looked up <laughs> Mark Twain, and Twain says, uh, for a work of humor to last forever, and by forever I mean 30 years, the humor must be based on sorrow. And that gets sticky because, of course, we want to laugh. But, you know, comedians, they have this reputation for being, you know, for having the tragic sense of life. And well, well, here's one from Anita Weiss, who you may not be familiar with, as one of the uh, famous comedians, but she's well-known as a comedian's comedian. And she says, uh, there's something t a little bit sad about this. She says, a lot of guys think the larger a woman's breasts are, the less intelligent she is. I think it's the opposite. 
I think the larger women's breasts are, the less intelligent the men become. <laughs> right on, yes. <laughs> Lily Tomlin. sad, but at the same time. Yeah, Lily Tomlin's is my favorite. I put it next to Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, she says, remember, we're all in this alone. I remember Poe's line is, all that I loved, I loved alone. <laughs> I thought, you know, that can get, you can turn that over a couple of times and make it um, uh, revolting. But what is it? I like to live alone. You never have to clean up. I find things in the refrigerator and figure out what they used to be. Elaine Booster. <laughs> yes, she's another, great. Another wonderful woman comedian who maybe didn't become famous because for male comedians, it seems that the arc of fame uh, depends on them act being in some film that appealed to 13-year-old boys in which a grown man acted like a teenage idiot. And there aren't enough films like that for women. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, which I can watch over and over and over again. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I love to see women acting like teenage idiots, mm -hmm. too. But we don't get enough of those, so there aren't enough women who become stars. But Elaine Boozler, boy, if you ever want to see a crackerjack woman <laughs> comedian live, she's one of them. She's just incredible. I think there's a, one of our local uh, playwrights, Janice Heiss, is in here. I love Janice. I talked to her on the phone from time to time. And she and, oh, let's see, I had a play. Oh, her boyfriend has a couple of great books I've used here on the, oh, here it is. Uh, Janice Heiss writes, they say that you learn something new every day, but I'm at the age where I unlearn something new every day. I remember the first program we had for the women's programming department here on KPFA was called Unlearning to Not Speak. Took people a while, you know. <laughs> I tried a show called Mind Over Media, and people would call and say, well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I said, well, you know, when you look at the TV, you know, you have to think at the same time. But, you know, what I like about this is, as I was saying, a kind of raw edge of... Uh, well, I like Elaine Boozler's jokes where she mm -hmm. says, she says, there's no leeway for a woman's looks. You never see a man walking down the street with a woman who has a little pop belly and a bald spot. <laughs> yes, no, <laughs> not endearing. No, not at all. Yes, I just love your little tummy, honey. Yes, um, what is that? And of course, all the stuff about food, I remember, um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> we can laugh about food. We sure can. Oh God. It's, it's so brutal. I've tried a new diet pill this week and it's already making me crazy. And I'm 70 years old. I'm just so in the habit of going back on, back on a diet. Yes. What is this? Jill Turnbow. I love this. I have a master's degree in psychology. I'm over 40, still single, no kids with a cat. But now I know why. <laughs> yes. No, these are, um, what is it? Who is it? Simon Alexander. Is that Simone or Simon? Simone. Simone. Uh, and then there's, uh, well, Rita Rudner, she's, uh, what was it? Uh, is she the one that kept asking her, uh, what kind of car she drove? And she, she says, she, she said men like cars and women like clothes. But I also like cars because they bring me to clothes. Clothes, yes. <laughs> and then, is she the comedian? When they asked her that, she said, uh, asked her what car she drove, she said, a white one. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely, that sounds precisely yes. like her. Yeah, that, I think that was the one that got to my son. He, he still, he still <laughs> repeats that constantly. He thinks that's so damn funny. I actually, 
uh, and she has she has a good one about driving about with her husband. She says, "When my husband and I go out, he drives because when I do, he tends to bite the dashboard." Dashboard, yes. I think <laughs> I think my son was startled several times that I I really do not know one car from another, and nah, it's embarrassing. Either. Yeah, I don't you know. have a clue. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say you know it's a blue one or a small one or a long one or you know it's a limo or something. And they're always coming out with new ones anyway, so oh. why bother? <laughs> no, it's not a, an issue. There's a new that... square one, and I. Have I have no idea what it is. Have you seen it? It's precisely square. And uh, I just like the idea that it's so strange, but a friend of mine said I shouldn't pay any attention to it because it was very silly. Is it one of those electric things? You know, I don't know. But you see them in L.A., mm-hmm. and they're completely square. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like an electric one, which which I would understand. For some reason, an electric car should look a little, a little square, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Now, what is it? Paula Poundstone is well represented here. I always liked Paula. She... She seems to me, um, she's very upfront with her politics, you know, which not every woman dares to be. Um, yeah, she says, we've got 14 women in the Senate, 14 women in the Senate? We're 52% of the population. Apparently, women do suck at math. No. <laughs> no. Here's another good political one. Um, I tried to include as much political material as well in this book, although because politi- political material is timely, I had to find the timeless political jokes, and I think this is one of them. It's from Kathleen Madigan. She says, I don't understand evolution. If we came from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? <laughs> what? Couldn't they make it over the hump? George W. George Bush, Bush made it. <laughs> What's up with their raggedy asses? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's funny. Timeless. Uh, I think a timeless. Timeless. It's, it's hard because, you know, I, I the other night during the convention, I dug in my files and I found some stuff um, about Geraldine Ferraro. And I saw, thought, this is so gone. You know, at the same time, there's always something, there's always something perennial if you look up, oh, you know, Aristophanes or Lysistrata, you know, the the play where the women deny uh, the men sex, you know, so they can stop the war. And of course. It's, it's pretty contemporary, you know, the, mm-hmm. the gist of it is pretty much... Well, here's a joke that Elaine Boozler wrote 20 years ago about women in politics. And unfortunately, it still holds true. They say we'll never have a woman president of the United States because our hormones change once a month and it makes us crazy. Yeah, right. If a woman was president, she'd be like this. Are you nuts? You take hostages on a day when I'm retaining water? I can't believe I have to sit here and waste my time with a morally bankrupt terrorist like you when there's a sale on and the stores close at 6. Isn't it wonderful trivializing? uh, Sarcasm. We love it. Yeah. The other day somebody was um, uh, talking about male politicians and I chimed in best I could and they said, you're male bashing. I said, excuse me, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, what is that? Male anger is apparently a respectable emotion. You know, men in office um, are supposed to be. What, what's this? the Democratic convention? They used over and over and over again the word strong, strong, strong strength. You know, as if uh, I, I don't know. You have to kind of define your terms. That's my latest. I have a little button. You know. Uh, Let's see. I'm looking here. I like Whoopi Goldberg's take on abortion. Good. She says to this, uh, this is her her take on abortion. I say to this dude with a stop abortion picket sign, I have an an answer to abortion. Shoot your dick. (laughs) Take that tired piece of meat down to the ASPCA and let them put him to sleep. 
I, you see, this that is the one. That goes, I think, right to yep. the source. And this is, <laughs> but this is the one, you know, you cannot believe, uh, you know, we will get mail saying, oh, you know, you're, was it? I remember once years ago, I was talking about the movies, and I said, well, you know, I can never get a date for the movies because I like the red shoes, and he's your basic bad day at Blackrock. And I got these <laughs> letters saying, you know, oh, you terrible ma- mail basher. I said, no, we all know about movies. Pauline Kael says more people break up at the movies, you know, because they have the different, you know, the chick flick and the dick flick and all that. But, uh, was it, I used, the test for boyfriends when I was young was, would they sit through an Angmar Bergman movie with you, you know, and mm-hmm. talk about it afterwards, you know? Well, Maura Lake, who is, was one of my stand-up comedy students, is now performing professionally. She has something to say about that. She says, my boyfriend won't go to anything he calls a chick film. Mm-hmm. That's a movie in which a woman talks. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> Well, there are a couple of others in no, here that's that let's bash I, men while we're at it. Why right. not? Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. I don't call myself a feminist. I call myself a killer bitch, Roseanne Barr. Right. <laughs> what was it once she said she called herself a gynocrat? <laughs> and oh, she had all these wonderful names. Uh, right, is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Feminists missed the big picture. They want us to be concerned about the fact that Barbie, if she were a real woman, would have no internal organs because her waist is too small. I say Barbie's got nothing to complain about in the missing organ department compared to Ken. (laughs) (laughs) And that is, uh, uh, again, another one of my former stand-up comedy students who's now out performing professionally, Catherine Michon, and she's also got her own humor book out called The Girl Genius Guide to Sex, a Self-Help Novel. Speaking of which, I'm going to plug Tell, my oh, yes, dear, comedy writing class. I'm now, teaching how, a comedy writing class How long in are town. you going to be in town? I'm only going to be in town through Saturday, and I'm teaching a comedy writing class at the Learning Annex on a Wednesday night at the St. George Hotel, 334 at Mason, 645 p.m. And this isn't just for people who want to become stand-up comedians. It's also for people who want to learn how to add more humor to their uh, any kind of writing or speeches, for that matter. I have novelists, poets, <laughs> journalists who've taken this course, as well as people who want to learn to become stand-up comedians. And I'm proud to say that... A lot of my students I've been teaching for about 12 years now have become stand-up comedians, professional and professional writers. Listen, folks, this is Jennifer Stone, and I'm talking to Judy Brown, and she's only going to be here through Saturday. And we will leave this information about where she's teaching classes at the front desk. So you can call the front desk after this show is over. Uh, maybe we can get you, um, let's see, to answer Oh, the... I just made a mistake. I'm not teaching comedy writing at the Learning Annex. Okay. I'm teaching at, Fix it. at Book Passage um, on on Saturday from, Book passage. Um, Book from passage. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. At uh, On Wednesday night, I get it confused because I do different classes for them. I'm teaching at the... Um, at the Learning Annex, I'm teaching a course called Get an Agent for Your Book in Two Weeks. <laughs> oh, good. I'll talk to you after we're <laughs> off the air. You know. I don't know. Somebody's published my, what is it, first four books in the other day. I thought I have to get another one, and I called up three people, and they said, Oh, no, no, everything's on the net now. I said, Excuse me? You know, all of a sudden I feel I can help it. you out. Oh, I please. can help you out. Here it is. I was going to say Ellen DeGeneres is one of my favorites, but anyway... I want you all to call in and subscribe to KPFA and get a copy of this book. Uh, it's She's So Funny by Judy Brown, and you can take it to cocktail parties, you know, and you can just steal the jokes outright. That's what I do. No, you know? no, 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 no
<laughs> you have to credit the women. You're you right. notice here I credit you did everyone. The women and in the back of the book, I even give you their websites. Yeah, no, this is this is important. I remember attribution uh, always. Yeah, twice <laughs> twice I heard somebody. What was it? I used to say femicide is not a hygiene spray, and then I said I suffered from pronoun envy. <laughs> and I was sure those were original, you know, and somebody called in and said, no, we've heard pronoun envy before, and we've heard phallocentric so many times we can't, you know. I said, no, everybody says phallocentric, you know. That, that, oh, yeah, at this that point. That was in the 70s. At, the, at this point, I'm sure phallocentric is in Webster's. Of course. It's, it's the difficulty is, um, what is it, uh, there's something, there's something about a quality. I was going to say, the sort of Lily Tomlin style that nobody can imitate, you know. It, it requires the individual, you know. You have to be able to see them. I've been watching old Roseanne Barr reruns lately, and uh, I've forgotten how much she meant to us. Uh, we were at a stage where we thought that feminism was taking a dive, you know, and it really needed a shot in the arm. And she broke it out into she the did. feminist, blue-collar, white trash, trailer park, that housewife. Had to, yeah, that had to happen because it was getting it was getting very scholarly, and I'd go to all these conferences, and it would be so academic, you know. And I was worn out. She with brought it down to earth in the everyday. She mm -hmm. really did. I saw her perform the first time, one of the first times she performed in L.A., and it was they were taping a special of uh, women comedians from across country. I'd seen most of the women comedians; they were professionals. Most of them, though, were dealing with you know being a single woman, dating that sort of thing. And Roseanne came out there and did something and said things that nobody else had said in comedy before. You know, the whole domestic goddess routine, mm -hmm. um, really taking it down to this housewife level. And I, w I got little hairs in the back of my, my mm -hmm. neck stood up because she was A, so funny, and B, she was saying something new in a new voice. And apparently I'm not the only one because the a booker for The Tonight Show saw her and had her on The Tonight Show in two weeks. Mm-hmm. She and from fearless. there on in, and from there on in, she, you know, she actually held off the people who wanted to, her to make yeah. a sitcom for about a year or so. Yeah, she was fearless, and I think either it was the automobile accident, or you know, she was, <laughs> she was some kind of, she was struck by lightning in a certain way. I, I still have this feeling, uh, even today, and it isn't just my age. It's that so many women still want to be nice when they do this sort of thing. You know, it's like Ellen DeGeneres. I'm grateful for, but. She's the most dignified gay comedian. Uh, you know, I think maybe she thinks it's... What is it? She says, my grandmother began walking five miles a day when she was 82. Now we don't know where the hell she is. <laughs> like That's that. one of her classic jokes. We see yeah. Ellen DeGeneres, when she started doing stand-up comedy, um, the comedy clubs were very homophobic, even right up through the early 90s. I know because I was a comedy critic then. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to work as a professional, a lot of people were going underground. Mm -hmm. But she sort of reached things that were happening into her life into more general format and uh, at a time when she could come out and she was going to be outed anyway in the National Enquirer she kept her show on the air for another year and really opened it up for gay performers in television in Hollywood so you got to give her credit for that and I do because you know if it weren't for Ellen we wouldn't have Will and Grace which is one of my favorite sitcoms oh have you seen all the new HBO lesbian uh, series whoa you know cool. the L word <laughs> and a golly, you know, 
they they're off the charts, but I no, love it. I'm addicted I, to that. Uh, I, I love it. To HBO. I'm I'm a heterosexual and, and I love all the gay stuff. Um, possibly because I have both a gay brother and a gay sister. Oh, well, they're always on the cutting edge. They are always. Well, let's face it, they're cleverer than the rest. <laughs> you know, I, I have the usual prejudices, you know, it's like, is it, uh, who is this? Yeah, joke? yeah, the usual stereotypes that yes. gay people are both smarter and hipper than me. It's very interesting, you know, the other day, my younger son, well, he's not, he's 42, I was making a fuss around the house and something didn't match and pretties and I'm always doing arty artifact stuff and he looked at me and he said, what, what is it with you? He says, you know, she says, you act gay. <laughs> I thought, they've turned it all around. It used to be, you know, that, that guys, you know, that guys were doing this fussy thing to be feminine. And now, you know, I said, no, no, Peter, I, I think. Every once in a while, I come across something and I'll, and I'll call my brother up and I'll say, gay, 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 mm-hmm. gay. Was it Gertrude Stein, I think? She and said. we consider that a compliment. Yeah, Gertrude Stein, I think, is the one responsible for the word gay. But people will argue about that. She has a book called A Big Gay book uh, <laughs> that just you know the word gay just riddles it we have to start asking for money and i can't think um oh here's a good way to start i like yes. suzanne westenhover's okay. joke about being a lesbian she said one man asked hey did you get that way because you had some kind of bad sexual experience with mm-hmm. a guy i'm like if that's all it took the entire population would <laughs> be gay sir <laughs> exactly okay folks our number is 510 in the five and dime area code Eight four eight fifty seven thirty two, or if you're outside this area, you dial one eight hundred four three nine fifty seven thirty two. That's actually one eight hundred Hey KPFA Hey with an E H E Y KPFA. It says here from Gary in the in the uh, subscription room. It says, please repeat these numbers often and slowly. Your gift will be She's So Funny by Judy Brown. And today's food donors, let's see, gosh, um, a worker-owned collective, uh, Arismenda in Emeryville and Mama Land's Vietnamese. And we've got a KPFA cap for $75 membership. We've got a sweatshirt. We've got a whole bunch of generic premiums. So if you just call in, they will tell you. And my cool book. This cool book. I really think this is the kind of book, you know, you can take to parties. And I I think that the... Yes, when you take your banjo. Yes, and whatever. (laughs) Well, you know, and school teachers, you you have to make this stuff funny. I've noticed these days that um, feminism, you know, I, I, I get kind of nervous. I... The other day, you know, pronoun envy. I, I was making a fuss about something I considered sexist, and people said, oh, that doesn't matter anymore. I said, excuse me. You know, when you use the F word, it it's not quite in fashion, and yet it's, what is it? Uh, the other day, uh, someone said, you know, that that's the big argument between East and West, or, you know, their religion and our religion. I said, no, feminism is modernism, period. You know, I like Jackie Wollner's joke about it. She says, Rush Limbaugh calls feminists feminazis. But having Rush Limbaugh call you a Nazi is like having Cato Kalin call you a freeloader. <laughs> yes. May I plug my classes yes, one yes. more time? Billy Tomlin says the best mind-altering drug is truth. Oh, God, that's Gandhi. That's <laughs> Okay. Tell well, again where you will be. On Saturday, I will be at Book Passage in Corte Madeira teaching a comedy writing class. 
for not just people who want to be stand-up comedians, but anyone who wants to add humor to their writing or their speech or their ordinary everyday life. What time? Starts at 10 a.m., and mm. they're at 51 Tamil Vista Road in Corte Madeira. And silly me, I didn't include the telephone number. But on Tuesday, uh, rather Wednesday, I will be teaching Get an Agent for Your Book at the King George Hotel, 334 Mason, 645 p.m. Through the Learning Annex. Yep. Okay, folks, you got to call us here at one 800 Four three nine five seven three two. Ah, oh, yes, that's one eight hundred. Hey, KPFA, and you can get a copy of "She's So Funny," edited by Judy Brown, with all these women comedians. Okay, or five one zero if you're local in the five and dime area code. It's eight four eight fifty seven thirty two and. Judy will be in Cordy Madera at Book Passage this weekend. And this has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air next week at the same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. <laughs> There's something about W. Indeed. That's also the title of a new documentary, previewing Tuesday, August 3rd, at the Rhoda Theater in downtown Berkeley. Please join the filmmakers in celebrating the launch of this wry, informative 40-minute film. Narrated by Peter Coyote, with an entertaining mix of analysis and humor, There's Something About W examines the Bush presidency. You'll hear from the president, in his own words, and from Molly Ivins, Paul Krugman, Al Franken, Ariana Huffington, Bill Maher, and Michael Moore. The screening will raise funds to distribute this film to schools, homes, and community groups across the country. A suggested donation of $10 to $20 will be appreciated, but no one will be turned away for lack of funds. So support your local indie filmmakers and get out the vote activism by coming to this special event, August 3rd, 8 p.m., at the Rhoda Theater in downtown Berkeley. And check out kpfa.org for further details. Two, three, four.